hi guys, I'm Gwen. Most of you guys know me. Um, yeah, I've been away uh, at Bible College, and uh, I get to talk about that tonight, which is, I know usually um, like Echoes of Redemption and stuff, I think that they're like testimonies of salvation, and this is um, obviously still about um, Jesus and the cross and stuff, but uh, just how, uh, yeah, he's continued um, the work of sanctification in my life uh, while I've been gone away at Bible College. Funny story, my first time up here, I actually fell on my face, and half of you guys were there to see that, and that was super embarrassing, so I'm really glad I didn't do that this time. Um, I'm just going to open us up in a word of prayer, and then, yeah, I'm just going to, I'll get into it after that. Lord, we just want to come before you right now, Father, with just everything that we have, Lord. You know um, the days that we've had, the weeks that we've had, Lord, the month that, that this has been for us, and we just fully submit all of that to you right now, Father, trusting that you are in control of everything, Lord. We know that you reign sovereign over our lives, Father, and so we just fully entrust you with that tonight. And Father, I also just want to um, entrust all the words that I have uh, planned to say tonight, Lord. I just want to ask that it would be your spirit speaking through me, Lord God. If there's anything um, of my flesh and what I've prepared, Lord God, let, let that not be said or, or let it not um, stick with uh, just uh, the people that I'm sharing to tonight, Father, I just want to ask that, that your spirit would move, Father, and that you would just reveal yourself fresh to us tonight, Father. Um, I pray that you would meet us here tonight, Lord, and it is in your holy and righteous name that I ask this tonight. Amen. Awesome. So this is basically going to be um, a testimony of the way that God has moved in my life through prayer. And I'm going to be... Um, opening us up uh, with a passage, 1 Corinthians 2, which isn't really about prayer, but it is about the Holy Spirit. And I'm sharing this just because um, this passage just throughout my, um, my first two semesters at Bible College has really, really spoken to me. And I'm going to tie it in a little bit more at the end, but uh, yeah. This is 1 Corinthians 2. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not in plausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power. So that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or, the, or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord at, so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. So just keep that um, just in your minds uh, just as I talk throughout tonight, and I'm going to reread that again at the end. So, yeah. Um, 
over these past two semesters, uh, I have really gotten to just dive into um, the prayer aspect of my relationship with God, which feels like something that we've like that we talk about like ever since like we were in like Sunday school and stuff. Like people are always like, "Oh, like pray and read your Bible, pray and read your Bible." Like you know, like we pray before we eat. Like whenever we want something, like a lot of times we pray about it and all that kind of stuff. And so, I would say that going into um, Bible college, my prayer life was dry. And it was the kind where I treated God like a vending machine, and I would come to him whenever I wanted something or whenever I was sad or all this kind of stuff, which, don't get me wrong, we are supposed to, like, bring our petitions and stuff before the Lord, but that's not all that prayer is, obviously. Um, So, yeah, I'm just going to begin by telling you guys, uh, I got to be a part of a prayer meeting uh, all throughout both semesters, and um, we didn't start it right at the beginning of my first semester, but... Um, it began with me and one of my friends, uh, Zach, out at Bible College. He was talking to me about an experience that he had had in Nepal on a mission trip that he was on um, where he encountered um, a missionary there who prayed for an hour every single night. And um, the conviction came from uh, the passage uh, in um, the Gospels where uh, they're in the Garden of Gethsemane and Jesus goes away to pray and comes back and all of his disciples have fallen asleep. And he's like, you guys can't even stay awake for one hour and pray. And obviously Jesus was speaking to the disciples in that, but um, we really felt spoken to in that as well. And that an hour before we go to sleep every single night, we are going to spend it in prayer. And um, yeah, it started out like really small. Like we have like a little like bulletin board where you can like post things or whatever, small Bible college things. Uh, And we were like, hey guys, we're going to start this one hour prayer meeting. Like just come. And we didn't really like know like what it would turn into but um and at first I was like we're gonna do it for a whole hour like I was like uh, I can't even do this because like I don't know I feel like so often like we like come to pray and like we don't even know what to pray about like that's how I used to be is like I just like ask for things or like pray through the Lord's prayer and I'd be like okay God I don't know what else to say so I'm out of here um but yeah so that was the conviction to pray, and we started with a really small group of people, and we would just meet in this prayer chapel that we had on campus. I'm not even kidding you guys. The chapel was smaller than this stage. Like, imagine, like, half the size of this stage, and it was just, like, these four little, like, stucco walls, and there was, like, a cross on it, and no AC. Whew. It got steamy in there some nights. But, um, yeah. Oh, that sounds weird. Okay, anyway. Um, but, yeah, so it was just, like, a couple of us uh, all meeting together to pray, and, um, Yeah, we just prayed throughout the whole semester, and the prayer meetings uh, all remained, I don't know, I feel like, like, what you would expect from a prayer meeting. Like, all of us showed up, you know, like, we were like, okay, like, every now and then, like, people would be like, oh, like, I have this to pray for, but ultimately, like, like, we would just, like, close our eyes. It was generally, like, pretty quiet, but just, like, like, we let, like, the Spirit move and the Spirit lead, and our heart really was just to sit at the feet of God, like, bask in His presence, seek His will, and... The thing is, is that most of us had like really never set aside that time of our life to pray. But we were praying Monday through Saturday. We didn't pray Sunday because we had door meetings. We did pray on Sunday, but not together. Um, But yeah, we we had like small groups that night. And so we would do that instead of our prayer meetings. But um, yeah, we would just come together and pray. uh, And it wasn't anything like crazy, anything like profound. Like there were a couple like, like really like cool nights that stick out in my mind from the first semester where like, like, we, like, had, like, a certain, like, idea or topic or, like, sin to pray for that night, and, like, everyone in the room was, like, really sensing it, and, like, the Spirit moved through that, or we had, like, one time, like, where we laid hands on someone and prayed over them, and they just had, um, 
just a lot of like emotional breakthrough for them. Uh, but yeah, the Lord just met us there like every single night. And uh, it really just became about just sitting at the feet of Jesus and finding joy, fulfillment, and satisfaction in the presence of God. Um, but as we went into this second semester, we really wanted to keep the prayer meetings going. Like I said, there was only like eight to 12 people going to these. Um, but for some reason, uh, as we went into the semester, um, just me and Zach, the other guy that was leading the prayer meeting, like we just felt like this shift, like that God was like really going to do something different with these prayer meetings. And um, both of us just over Christmas break had um, felt it placed on our hearts to really begin just like praying with expectation and which we should always be doing. Uh, but yeah, praying with expectation for um, the spirit to move. And uh, yeah, we just sensed that God was doing something different. Um, and when we began um, gathering together to pray, more and more people started coming this semester. So these, like, prayer meetings of, like, six to eight people, they turned into, like, 15 to 20, like, every single night. And it just, like, really became just, like, this beautiful time of fellowship. And instead of just, like, going for an hour, like, the prayer meetings, like, like they started going longer. And, and it just, like, really became, like, this unifying experience um, for all of us on campus. And... Uh, yeah, one other thing that we began to believe, I guess, just like notions that we carried with us uh, into these prayer meetings, just like with like how we had seen like prayer done in the past and like how our churches had like introduced prayer to us. And we were like, okay, like, yes, but also like we were reading through the New Testament and we just like felt like that, that this time of fellowship for us was supposed to be so much more. And so it became really important to us to um, model our times of prayer and fellowship um, with the prayer and fellowship habits of the early church. And that um, looked like a little bit different than what a lot of us were used to. A lot of us began um, just doing more research uh, into the spiritual gifts and um, just exploring what that looked like and just like the, the conviction and like the calling to pray and, and understanding that like that sitting at the feet of Jesus is like so much more than like what we had been taught about in church and that like we are genuinely like standing in the presence of God and like that it takes so much more than us just like bringing lists of things that we want to him, but it's about repentance and confession and encouragement and being led by the spirit and encouraging one another and like, like genuine like fellowship with one another. Um, and just like the idea that like we are praying to and we serve the same God as the God of the apostles and as the God of the early church. And so it just like was like, well, why aren't we like, like approaching these meetings like like with a sense of like like more expectation like like with a sense that that God has the power to move and that the holy spirit like literally with the power to ra that raised Jesus from death to life like lives and dwells inside of us like i don't think i literally ever thought about that like when i was coming to pray so that just became something that uh we really wanted to um yeah just begin cultivating uh and the prayer meetings uh, they became like a safe space to um just uh, cultivate the spiritual gifts. And I want to say that very carefully because I don't want to get into anything like any weird Pentecostal church your grandma took you to when you were younger or anything like that. I'm not trying to scare you guys. But um, just looking into uh, like like what like the gift of prophecy looks like and how we're supposed to use that because like Paul like talks so strongly about that, encouraging and exhorting believers to prophesy over each other. And also um, just the idea of uh, continually like praying in the spirit and like uh, laying on of hands of people and like how that is supposed to be done. And um, yeah, just the various spiritual gifts and wanting to incorporate that um, into our prayer life. And um, that just began just like really incredible things. And like the fellowship and the unity within our prayer group just like completely 
shifted. And um, I remember one specific night, we were praying for um, a group of people that were about to uh, go on a missions trip to Peru. And uh, there was this one girl who wasn't feeling very well. And um, she had passed her COVID test, but still was like not feeling good and all this kind of stuff. And so we laid hands on her and we were praying over her. We were praying for healing. We were praying for protection and all this kind of stuff. And um, amidst that time that we were praying for healing for her, um, one of the guys that was there, his name was Nate, he just got like this like prophetic word and he like spoke it over her and it was something like crazy specific that was like gonna happen to her on this mission strip and like this girl that like she was encounter and like that she was gonna like minister to her and all this kind of stuff and it was like, whoa. Like I, like that, I'd like, I remember like, like we were praying and stuff and I was like, what do I do with this? Like how do I respond to this? Like I've never like seen something like this happen before because I mean, I know that, like, growing up and, like, in all the ways that I've encountered, like, prayer in church before, like, it's never, it's never been something like that. Like, like we, I feel like that we read about stuff like that happening in the Bible, what we don't see it happen very often. But I don't know what kind of churches you guys grew up in, so um, I also can't really speak to that. Um, but, yeah, and uh, that prophecy over her life, like, she ended up coming back and having this really incredible testimony that, like, matched up with, like, the things that he, like, spoke over her. And it was just, like, this, like, really encouraging thing to like get to like see and witness and like be a part of it. And it was like, like there was just like so much confirmation just throughout like the whole semester that like the Holy Spirit was like really moving through these prayer meetings that he was using it to like draw people in closer to him. And the way that I like saw like these prayer meetings not just impact that time there, but like our time like spent like, like just like, like day to day with our friends on campus was like so incredible and so encouraging. Like Spending time in the presence of God, like, it didn't leave any of us untouched. Like, our speech became, like, more edifying and, like, just, like, the way that, like, we would engage with each other. And, like, we would, like, be, like, going throughout our days and, like, someone, like, would, like, express, like, like, some way that, like, they were struggling. And, like, the first reaction was always to stop and to pray over them, you know? And it was, like, like that, like, I've just, like, like never been a part of a culture like that. And it was so, so beautiful and so encouraging. And, yeah, oh, earrings, sorry, guys. Um, yeah, and so I, the most, um, what should I say, the most impactful night for me this whole semester was, um, we paired up with uh, the student council at our school, and we decided to have an all-night of prayer event, and, um, that ended up, like, we had never, like, I had never been a part of an all-night prayer event. I had been, I'd been, like, a part of, like, a, like, a three-hour prayer event or something like that. Anyways, um, but, uh, staying up, so we were going to pray from 10 to 7 a.m., and I, I was helping plan and organize this event, and I was like, I was like, no one's going to show up, like, no one wants to pray the whole night, I was like, how are we even going to keep these people awake, and like, we, we like, kind of like structured out the event, basically, I was going into this event with like, no faith that God was going to do anything at all, and I was like, no one's going to show up, people are going to leave early, like, all this kind of stuff, like, people are going to get tired and just drop out, um, and I get there and 60 people show up. Like, this is like, like 40 more than like, than like the regular that like come to our prayer meetings. And, and so I was like, whoa. And the beginning of the night was pretty structured. Like we spent like an hour like praying for like various topics. Like we prayed for the team going to Peru. We spent time praying over um, just the persecuted church. And we spent time praying for Puritan prayers and just like all this kind of stuff. Um, and then we did like a prayer walk around campus. And uh, at one point in the night, we ended up in the sanctuary that we had on campus and we were just gonna do like a time of worship and stuff. Uh, and that was only supposed to go on for like 45 minutes. Like that's how much we had like set aside in the schedule for like 
that portion of the night. And just as, like, we began, like, worshiping and all this kind of stuff, and me and a couple people, we were on, like, the sides of the room, like, like to pray over people and all this kind of stuff um, and, like, like, listen to them, like, if, like, the Lord, like, revealed anything to them um, just while they were, uh, yeah, just while they were, like, spending, like, personal time in prayer. Um, and one of the guys that was also helping leading the night, his name was Chase, he went up to the front of the room, like, we're about, like, 30 minutes in, and he was like, I really feel it being placed on um, my heart right now to, to pray for healing, and he was like, I want to be, like, like I want to, like, like, open up the space to, like, uh, begin praying for emotional healing, so anyone in this room, like, if you, like, um, need healing from anything emotionally, like, please, like, come up to the front, and uh, there, will, there will be people to pray for you, and um, one of my very close friends, I'm not going to say her name, but, uh, she has, like, struggled with PTSD. Like, she has, like, a severely traumatic past. Like, um, she had an abusive father-in-law. Like, multiple men in her life just, like, come and take advantage of her. And um, basically, it just, like, it affects, like, every single, like, day of her life. Like, she has panic attacks. Um, she's not able to do things because she gets super anxious. Like, random things will, like, trigger her, and she'll, like, have to just, um, like, like, go and, like, like, step away for, like, a couple days. And um, it's, like, really affected, like, her time, like, at CCBC, obviously, because... Um, she just, like, isn't able to, like, engage in fellowship and, like, all the ways, like, she wishes that she was able to because, like, she just has to, like, take some time, like, aside for herself. Um, and, like, she came up and she was, like, and um, it was me and, like, one other girl and um, that were standing there. And she came up and she was, like, I really, like, feel like, like, I, she was, like, I really want to, like, pray for, like, healing for this. And we just began praying over her. And it was just, like, like, so incredible just, like, the way that the Lord just, like, spoke over her. And, like, literally that night, like, brought healing to like, the mental illness that she had been struggling with, which was something I had, like, never seen before, and I was like, whoa. And mind you that there are 60 different people in this room, like, 60 different people that are, like, have prayer requests or are praying over someone, and so, like, like there's, like, literally, like, 60 different testimonies, like, from this night, and I only prayed over a couple people, and it, um, it was her, and then also my friend Jessie um, had been, like, really struggling with, like, her purpose and all this kind of stuff, and she had come to CCBC, uh, just, like, not 100% sure, like, like, what she was going to do, and, like, she received, like, her calling to ministry that night, and it was just, like, all of this, like, incredible stuff that I was, like, whoa, like, I don't even know what to do with this or how to process it, and um, after, like, that time period closed, um, the guy, he comes back up to the front, and he was, like, okay, now we're gonna open up a time for physical healing, and I was, like, okay, okay, and, um, one of my very close friends, Jane, had gotten in a skateboarding accident, uh, like a week, a week to the day before that. She dislocated her knee, pulled something in her upper leg, and had, like, fluid built up in the back of her leg. Like, she had, like, one of those, like, massive leg braces on. We had been carrying her around the whole night because, like, crutches, like, suck to use and are, like, super uncomfortable. And so basically, like, to all the different stations that we went to, like, like we had been, like, carrying her and all this kind of stuff. And just immediately, like, everyone came around her, and we just started praying. And I before that time would have talked so big about how great my faith was and all that God could do. But like when you have someone who is like physically injured, like you can see it with your own eyes in front of you and you start praying for healing, it was immediately doubt. Like I was like, I was sitting there and I was praying and I was like, like, like there is no way. Because like, I, I, like that was like, like one of the most humbling experiences. I just like had like such a lack of faith and like, like, we were sitting there praying over her, and we were praying over her for 45 minutes, and the entire time I was like, like, God, like, like, there's no way. Like, I believe you can, but, like, I don't believe you will type of thing. And, like, just, like, over and over again, um, that passage uh, where um, Jesus is, um, 
I believe he's talking to him about, like, it's like healing, like, his son or daughter, and he's like, Lord, I believe you can, like, help my unbelief, and just, like, over and over again, I was like, Lord, I believe, like, help my unbelief, and also that passage um, in James, which talks about, um, like, a prayer of doubt is, like, a wave tossed by the wind, and I was like, I do not want my prayers, like, to be like that, because, like, but I was like, like, Lord, like, I just, like, don't know how to believe that you can do something like this because it just like, it just seems so bizarre and like so out there. And like, she was supposed to be in that brace for two months or so, like had gone to the ER, like gotten diagnosed by a doctor, all this kind of stuff. And so I was like, I was praying, but I was like, Lord, like I just do not think that this is something you can do. And like 45 minutes into the night, um, another guy that was helping lead the night, he was like, he was like, he like, like closed out the prayer. He was like, Lord, like, like, we know that you have heard every single petition and plea on our heart tonight. Like, and so in the name of Jesus, like, get up and walk. And I literally get chills just thinking about it. She stood up on the leg that she hadn't been able to literally walk on for a week. Like, all this kind of stuff. And uh, she, like, ripped off the cast. And, like, I kid you not, like, everyone just started crying. Because it was, like, like, it was, like, so insane and so incredible. And it was, like... Like, the Lord, like, showed up in literally a way that I, like, never thought would happen. Like, you hear all the time, like, like um, just missionaries and stuff, like, coming back from mission trips and they're like, oh, like, like, we saw, like, this incredible thing. You're like, wow, that's so awesome to you, for you. I definitely believe that God can do that. And, like, I really don't want you guys to walk away with that feeling tonight. Like, wow, like, that's so awesome that, that God did that in your life. Like, he's never going to do that in mine. Because, like, the reality is, is that our God is powerful and Sometimes he does choose to heal. I'm not saying that every single time you pray for healing that it's going to happen. I'm nowhere even close to saying that. But I'm saying that we have to be bringing everything to the Lord in prayer. Everything to the Lord in prayer because, like, I don't want to know what would happen if I didn't. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to know, like, what would happen if we hadn't prayed for Jane that night. Even though I do know what would happen and it's that she probably wouldn't have been healed. And... Okay, sorry, I'm not even done. I'm getting to what God has taught me, and I need to stay on the story. Anyway, so after that healing, like, the Lord literally just used that to, like, like, the impact that it had on our campus, the impact that it had on our community. So I know I've been bringing up, like, the Peru trip that uh, we sent some people from our school on. So she ended up, that was, like, two weeks before they left, and she ended up being able to go, and she was able to tell, like, the testimony of how she got healed to the bunch of people in Peru, a trip that she wouldn't have been able to go on if she hadn't got, had gotten healed, and a bunch of people were super encouraged by that, and just people on campus, like, it just, like, completely, like, like, when you witness something like that, it just completely just shifts like the way that you view God because it's like we read like of all the incredible things that he like does for the apostles and like all this like amazing stuff and like like these like crazy stories that seem like like way too big for us to comprehend and it's hard like if we can't even believe those and it's like how are we supposed to like take Jesus at his word and like follow his commandments you know what I mean so it's like we have to we have to take the Bible for what it is and like we have to believe everything that it says in here and like okay sorry I'm getting ahead again anyways um the way that like yeah God used that testimony was just like so 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 incredible and uh he just completely unified the campus and uh just like completely like all of our views on just like the Lord and prayer and all this kind of stuff were just like completely completely shifted um after we saw that and uh yeah, that happened like a month and a half before we got out of school. And just like that last month, 
just like the prayer meetings, like everyone that came to that night of prayer, like I'm not, not, not all 60 people were there every single night, but, but more and more people started coming to the prayer meetings and just like, we like, just like really began like pressing in and like, just like truly finding our delight and our joy, like in the presence of the Lord and like really making him like the top desire of our heart, like, like spending time in fellowship with him, like became like the top priority. And it was like, like it wasn't like it, like the task aspect that like all of us had like began coming to the prayer meetings with just like completely faded away. And the Lord just like really used it to just like shape the way that we come before him. And even just like, like the way that like we have relationship with him. Like I just can't even like imagine my life anymore like without like the way that I pray because it's like, it's my source of strength. It's like where I find peace and comfort and just like, like sitting in his presence just has completely just changed like everything about my relationship with God. And like, I truly like, I mean, I fail all the time, but like genuinely it's like I view prayer as like the place where I come to like sit at the Lord and lay everything at his feet. And like that just like will completely just shift your relationship with God. And like, he doesn't just do that at, like, Bible college. He doesn't just do that on mission trips. Like, he doesn't just do that at that one really cool prayer meeting that you went to that church in, like, another state or whatever, and there was, like, 2,000 people or whatever. Like, that's, that's not the only place that that happens. Like, the Lord wants to meet us here. He wants to meet us here in Mesa, Arizona at Red Mountain Community Church. Like, he wants you guys to come to him in prayer. And, okay, now I'm going to go into what he taught me because I feel like I'm already going into that. Um, but... Yeah, so right now I'm just going to flip to just a couple, like, really short verses about just uh, the Lord commanding us to be in prayer. Um, and so, here. So Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end. Keep alert with all perseverance, making supplications for all the saints. And that's following the whole armor of God passage. So after listing out the whole armor of God, he lists prayer at the end and saying to bring everything in supplication for all the saints. And then we have Philippians 4, 6. You guys have obviously heard this verse before. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And then Colossians 4, 2 says, continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. Um, James 5, 13 says, is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Is any among you cheerful? Let him sing praise. And then, okay, last one. Sorry, guys. Um, Psalm 145.18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. So, and that literally is like five out of hundreds of verses and passages and places in the Bible that the Lord talks about prayer. Because he talks about it all the time because it's so important. Like, oh, sorry. I have to stop shaking my head. Um, and then, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, you guys all know this verse, pray without ceasing. It's like we are commanded so many, so many, so many, so many times to pray. Like it can't be a side thought. It can't be an ending devotional point. It can't be any of that. Like it, it has to be a priority in our relationship with God. And like he, God, has just like nailed that nail, nailed that nail, hammered that nail on the head. 
I think that's what you say. Anyway, hammered that point on the head. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, just like these, like, like these past two semesters, just how important prayer is. And I literally cannot say it enough, but like, guys, start prayer meetings here. Like start, like do one hour prayer. Like do it with uh, your friends on college campus. I'm like really passionate about bringing it to Latvia this summer and I'll keep you guys updated on how that is. But I really want to incorporate that with my team in the camps that I'm in because it's just so important. Like I'm not saying that I'm always going to pray for one hour every single night with a group of people for the rest of my life but I am always going to pray. And like beginning those habits of prayer and especially alongside brothers and sisters in Christ is really going to encourage you to just like keep on going because sitting down to pray alone for the first couple times like is scary. You don't know what to say. You like run out of things to say after three minutes. Hence, why, ooh, wrong book. You have to pair it alongside with this because that's another thing is that we have to be actively in our word alongside our prayer life because scripture gives us things to pray about. Like, I think John Piper said that. Anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> but uh, like I, like even just like, like the Psalms, like the Psalms are 150 things to pray about. I'm not even kidding, guys. There are 150 different prayers, songs of praise, petitions. Um, still wrestling how to pray through the imprecatory Psalms. It's fine. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Those are the ones where, like, David is, like, speaking doom over his enemies. Anyway. Okay. That was sidetracked. Okay. Um, so, growing. Oof. Yeah. So, we will never leave unchanged by sitting in the presence of God. Like, the time that we set aside and spend in prayer, like, in intentional prayer, praying in the spirit, like, we are not going to leave unchanged by that. Because... The Lord is going to speak to us. He's going to convict us of something. He's going to do something in our hearts. Maybe he'll reveal a passage to you or something like that. The point is, is that, like, we don't go to prayer and God doesn't meet us there. Like, he will be faithful to meet you where you are at. And one of the, I'm, I'm of, like, the strong conviction now that one of the highest callings given to man by God is that of prayer. Like, the calling to pray, the calling to sit at the feet of Jesus and like call him our rabbi and call him our father is one of the highest callings as believers, to have conversations with God, to listen to his voice, to seek his face, to pour out our hearts before him. He wants to listen to our hearts. That's another thing is we can lay everything out on the table before the Lord. Confession is such a huge part of prayer because it brings repentance, which strikes conviction in our heart, which calls us to live a different way. Lay out all of the messy before God. Like that, some of my sweetest times of prayer this semester haven't been the crazy moments. They haven't been the moments where I've seen someone get healed. They haven't been, they have, but I'm saying that those aren't the really, the only, only, the only really impactful ones. But some of the most impactful for me have been the ones where I'm just like sitting and I'm just like, Lord, like here is like where I'm at. All of these things I'm going through right now, here's what I'm wrestling with. I'm dealing with pride. I'm dealing with selfishness. I'm wrestling with speaking poorly about others. All those kinds of stuff, you lay that at your feet, and the, or you lay that at his feet, and the Lord is going to be faithful to meet you there and to grow you from those things. Because he wants to come alongside you. He wants you to draw closer to him. Like, you're not going to come to him and pray, and he's not going to be like, okay, that's cool. Uh, see you later. Anyway, even though that's what we do sometimes when we come to pray. We're like, I don't even know what to pray. 
But yeah, so to pour out our hearts before him, to run to the Father, to worship our Savior. Prayer is a massive act of worship and praise towards God. The Psalms of praises are an incredible place to start. Just like saying to God, like all the praise and glory and honor that is due towards him. Like we are literally going to be standing in the throne room of God for all of eternity singing worthy, worthy, worthy is the lamb who was slain. And that should be, if we're going to be doing that for all eternity, then we should be doing that now. Like we should be coming to the Lord with prayers of praise and just pouring out just all of our admiration. And that praying prayers of praise has been one of the biggest ways that the Lord has just taught me to find my delight in him. Because if we are going to choose to make Jesus at the top of everything, if we really want him to be the top desire of our hearts, if, he, if we are calling him like the king of our hearts, like the savior of the universe, then it is like so, so important that we just give him all the praise and the honor that falls with that. And, that we, and when you delight yourself in the Lord, then following his commandments becomes your delight. Guys, prayer pours out into every single aspect of your life. It's super awesome. Anyways, um, the calling to pray without ceasing, to seek first the kingdom, to choose the good portion, to sit at his feet and glean from him. The highest calling of believers, or one of the highest calling of believers is the calling to pray. And this is what I learned from my time in that tiny prayer chapel. And I'm just gonna reread um, just 2 Corinthians one more time and just the ending portion of this passage just talks about um, our relationship like with God, like through the Holy Spirit. And he like we speak to God in prayer. Like we grow in relationship through the Holy Spirit in prayer. So just think about that as I'm reading over this. Anyways. And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come to proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power, so that your faith may not, may not rest on the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Yet among the mature do we impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, for the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have, rece now we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God, the things freely given to us, the Bible, anyway, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of God, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are folly to him, and he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but he is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. We grow in relationship with God by knowing his spirit. We know his spirit by engaging with him in prayer and through revelation by his word. 
But engaging and getting to know him deeper is not just something that we do on a Sunday morning. We don't get to know someone by hearing another person talk about that person for one hour on a Sunday morning every single week. That's part of how you get to know him, but it's not all of it. So we, in our daily lives, have to be engaging with him in prayer and growing deeper in relationship with him. Pray like Jesus died on the cross for your sins and you've been set free. Pray like the Holy Spirit is living inside of you with the power to raise people from death to life. Pray like the Father loves you and is listening. Thanks, guys.